Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to this Christmas special of On A Good Day with me, Elizabeth Callahan, And me, Julia Ajay. This is a podcast that looks at brain injury and its impact on all involved. On this episode, we'll be looking at On A Good Day's 12 Days of Christmas with Brain Injury to help us all have a good day this festive season. Now, Christmas time can be extremely stressful for us all. But for someone with a brain injury and their family, it can cause additional pressures. This will be our 15th year of celebrating Christmas following my husband Hector's brain hemorrhage. And it'll be our sixth year since Paul had his stroke. So combined, Julia and I, this Christmas will have had 20 years of Christmases living with brain injury. So in this episode, we'll be sharing some of the things that we've learned along the way that work and some of those which are a little more challenging. As Elizabeth and I discovered when discussing this episode, everyone has different priorities at Christmas and different ways of celebrating. We all do Christmases in a unique way and we also acknowledge that for some people, it can be a really difficult time of year. This year, we will be hosting Christmas for the first time since Paul had his brain injury. So it's a fairly big moment for us. We'll be having 12 of us over, 12 of us all together, of my family, and navigating that. And I will definitely be picking Julia's brain for this because, as I have learned in our chats, she is the hostess with the mostess and has been doing so many Christmases, hosting it, um, at her lovely family home with lots and lots of people, far more than 12, probably double that. It, it can be a little bit overwhelming, particularly as we've recently had our renovations. So I'm hoping all the electrics are going to hold out. I've just worked out how to use the hob, which is always good. And the oven, I'm, I'm kind of getting there with it. But I think those two things will be really useful, actually, Elizabeth. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> A hob and an oven will definitely be very useful. It has been a little hairy over the last few weeks. And if I'm honest, I haven't done a lot of planning so far. So, I mean, going on to that, well, our first day of Christmas is planning. And Julia, there's a lot of planning that's gone into your Christmases over the past few years since, um, since Hector's brain injury and obviously before that as well. Tell us a bit about what you do at Christmas. So there is a lot of planning, but equally 
I'm not the most organized person in the world. So um, maybe it's it's kind of planning with a twist of chaos. That sounds very much like myself. So. <laughs> but, but I think that we do have a tradition of getting together at Christmas time and different people obviously over the years have had different roles to play in that and um you know we're we're still in the family home where I remember coming when my grandparents were here as children so it's a very long tradition of Christmases here and many different people in the family have hosted it over the years so I think that that kind of brings a momentum to it almost that that we all love Christmas and it is a family time when we get together and so in terms of planning there are some sort of set pieces that I think we know we're going to put in place, which almost helps to get, you know, to get the day sorted. I guess some of the traditional things like decorating the house, putting the Christmas tree up, um, having Christmas dinner. We also go to chapel on Christmas morning as a family. We've been able to maintain some of those things, most of those things, despite um, you know, Hector being ill for all of that time or having had his brain injury. And, you know, I love the fact that there's that consistency. And that, for me, brings a lot of joy that we can still look forward to those things. With planning, I think what I do in my head and also with bits of paper and backs of envelopes is thinking about how many people are coming, which varies varied over the years, thinking about what that entails in terms of a meal and other meals too, because we have people stay over. So it's not usually just Christmas dinner. It's like having to think about what people might have on Christmas Eve or, I mean, Boxing Day's leftovers, isn't it? But, uh, and also where other people might do things and pick things up. So delegation. I mean, Who's gonna absolutely. Help? It's a mammoth task, right? Because sometimes yeah. you have over 20 people. Yeah, yeah. Coming to your house and they're staying a few days. I mean, it sounds exhausting and I can imagine it is, <laughs> quite frankly, especially for Hector. Well, I think that um, lots of people, everyone helps. So it's certainly not me doing it on my own. Uh, but yes, I think that um, we do, we've just the pace of of how that works now because we have other things to take into account. So how are you thinking about your planning? I mean, where are you with yours? Again, I am trying to do a little bit of delegating, but you know, the plans aren't necessarily totally laid out yet, but I'm mine are just coming for Christmas day, so I think that makes things a little bit easier. My mum has made a Christmas cake, so that's that bit sorted. And um, I've asked my sister to bring some cheese and biscuits and she is also going to do the potatoes and then just bring them on a tray and just stick them in the oven when she gets there. Because it is mainly going to be me cooking, I think. You know, I will get Paul to do something. Paul does love cooking. And actually tonight he made a rather nice prawn curry, and that, which has very much surprised me, if I'm honest. So pleasantly surprised yeah it was nice I think the kids liked it as well so I will maybe get him to do some star three canapes which he used to love doing 
So it's kind of him re-remembering how to do those because I'm not sure he's done them in the last five years. And and then that gives him a, a task to look forward to. But other than that, you know, we've got young children. They just love opening their presents. There will be excitement overload. And then actually people will come a bit later, I think. So I'm kind of looking at a shorter time frame, which I think helps my parents and my siblings are quite conscious that it is quite a lot we have kind of our house is still in renovation process I will make sure that we have plenty of champagne I think is the key well I think with planning on as our first day of Christmas strategies for that about taking are about taking that time to plan and to give yourself time to plan and also, as you mentioned there with your parents, talking about expectations of other people with that planning, I think is really important. And, you know, linking it back to executive function and sometimes some of the difficulties that people with brain injuries might have, particularly with planning and planning ahead. Um, I think I do see this as an area that is really good to take some time to do to relieve some of the stress when things actually you know when the big day arrives or you know different things that happen before that so that some of those shared responsibilities or areas where um, our partners can take part we have thought about and planned and and involve them in that and that that is a little extra that needs doing yeah I think what I'll probably do is write down a list that I can put up on either on the fridge or somewhere where he can run through the day or, you know, do a kind of schedule so that he knows what's going on, when, what he's doing. For Paul, he he does struggle with remembering lots of processes. And, you know, I often have to tell him about an event or something several times. So if he's got it, if it's got it written down, I can be like, if he asks what's happening at whatever time, I can be like, revert to the list having something visual really helps certainly for us yes and I also think that realistically plans change and you know people visiting can change if something arises for other people and so communicating those changes of plans is also really important as one of the strategies to to again keep everyone on the same page and working together Uh, So making sure that those plans are updated and that the communications of those are updated as well. So moving on to our second day of Christmas, which is the whole idea of the financial burden that people can can find with Christmas, which, you know, particularly at the moment with the cost of living, we're all feeling the pinch a little. And when somebody in the family has had a brain injury, often that impacts your income. That's certainly our experience. So... It's getting that grasp of finances, but where is it going to go? Where are your priorities, gifts, you know, the dinner, the activities? Tell us a bit more about how you've approached that, Julia. Yeah, I, I think it's it's always a difficult one, isn't it? And certainly when Hector first had his brain hemorrhage and was in hospital, it was something that was very difficult to navigate because of passwords and permissions and bank accounts and you know it was it was hugely stressful 
Um, and then being able to manage finances after that and, and the kind of roles changing a bit in terms of managing all of that, I think, um, has, you know, meant that there are some differences in the way that we do that. So I guess, I mean, we we were talking about the sharing of lots of response so for many people that some of the planning of the spend at Christmas um is is with us or or those you know the sort of tricky bits about of it and that's something that I think can put a strain on our relationships um so I the way that I would deal that with that is to try and talk to Hector as much as possible about what those plans are and agreeing how much we might um spend on presents for the children I think that's really important and also making sure that we're, again, saving and planning ahead so that we're not caught short with last-minute costs. I think the whole communicating on what you're going to get, what gifts you're going to get, and how you're going to deal with that expenditure is really important, especially when you come from families that have kind of different ideas on gifting, it is kind of finding that happy medium between not going too crazy and, you know, get getting some lovely, lovely gifts. And I have also over the years had some conversations with the children, Elizabeth, um, you know, actually talking about their expectations where they might be out of line with, with what the reality is going to be. Now, I think that's probably very common for lots of families with children, um, but actually, I think that's important. Sometimes it can be difficult conversations, but actually trying to manage those expectations of everyone, including ourselves. And sometimes as well, by talking about it, avoiding the situation where overspending happens, which I think can be a risk as well for all of us, but also where there might be a lack of financial awareness that sometimes can be a problem. Actually, we're getting on to our third day of Christmas here, Julia, because it is all about gifting. And, you know, we've picked up on so many of those points already. I remember you telling me this lovely story about when Hector first went and bought some Christmas gifts for the family. Tell us a bit about that. After Hector first had his brain injury, I think there there was definitely a period when decision making was really hard for him and choosing things and discerning the difference between, you know, for example, seeing a whole rack of clothes in a shop and being overwhelmed by that, not really being able to pick something out that he might like. Or um, So, yeah, I, I just remember, you know, him him buying us all, all a present. And I can't tell you what the individual presents were, but the act of making those decisions and being able to do that uh, for each of us was really special and I have to say that he is the best present buyer in the house. Ooh, there we go, high praise, that's great. Yes. Yes, he does have a reputation of being the best present buyer. Oh, well done. Uh, So that's definitely something that has improved dramatically over time and I think some of the messaging that we have from the medical profession that we've talked about before where 
we feel there might not be improvement or improvement stopped after a certain amount of time. I think that's one example where it didn't stop and it, it you know, really has carried on improving. Excellent. What a, what a great area for, for it to get better in. I think Paul is definitely getting more into the gifting. I mean, he is very much a, a gifter, but he does can often go totally off budget and there is the last minute purchases that are a little bit random. So I'm always of the opinion, keep the receipt just in case, just in case, get a gift receipt. No harm in that. Um, so if he does go Always a, a good bit, idea. Always <laughs> a good idea. Um, but yeah, his decision-making has definitely got better. And actually what was really lovely, the other day, Paul and I went and did a bit of shopping together. So that was always a bit of a tradition for us that we would go and get some of the presents together. And often he'd end up buying himself more presents than other people. So he did better this time. He didn't do that this time. We managed to keep on track. <laughs> but I think, you know, we didn't have as much time to, to do it. So, you know, we were fairly focused. It was a great way for us to spend some time together because that that can be hard for all couples, really. But particularly when, you know, someone has a brain injury, the communication can be difficult sometimes. So doing an activity together like that and where you're kind of doing a, a common purpose of finding gifts for loved ones was actually a really positive step for us. Well, that's great. That's really brilliant to hear that. And how lovely that you've done that before Christmas because that makes all those gifts so much more special almost, doesn't it? That they're, they're joint presents that you've done that together with. That's beautiful. Just on, the, on, on gifting, the other thing that we were talking about was about gifting to other people through things like volunteering or visits to other people or inviting other people over donations to food banks and I think as part of our well-being at Christmas it's it's important for us all to remember the bigger picture and those people out there who uh, don't have the same opportunity as we might have and that uh, you know it's it's really important to I think as well and bring the children along with that so that they understand too. And I see that as an important part of Christmas. Yeah, that's another one of our, I think we're on to our fourth day of Christmas. Oh, did we make that as a different one? Ooh. I think, you know, in the past, Paul has, has volunteered at um, helping out at the church Christmas dinner before, which was a really positive step for him. Um, because it got him out volunteering and you know helping giving stuff back we often do a few things with alongside the church and then with our school as well and actually Paul was was there today helping out with my youngest's Christmas market although and, and this is another kind of point really is just don't try you know try not to overdo it because he's really tired afterward after that I think he's done a lot today and actually he's at the stage where he can admit that he is tired. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And actually then going on to what is our fourth? Fifth. Christmas. Fifth day oh, of Christmas. On... <laughs> we jumped the gun a bit, didn't we? <laughs> our fifth is about purposeful activity. And you've just mentioned, Paul, there helping out at school. And isn't it wonderful that those activities around Christmas bring that involvement and it isn't just doing something for the sake of it, it's contributing. 
and being part of of the school community and the family. And so what are your strategies for that purposeful activity, Elizabeth? Well, exactly that. Get get signing them up to do that. That you know, I'm I I love usually love helping out at that event, but I was working today, so I got him to do it instead. And then I've also signed him up to help with the Christmas dinner on Friday um with the school. But in terms of kind of on the day, on Christmas Day, I think it is getting get, finding them something that they can really, like I was saying about Paul helping out with doing kind of canapes. I know that will really help focus him. It will give him something that he feels good about. People will enjoy it. So I think when the household is going to be so busy and often Paul can be a bit like, well, what can I do? You know, they he wants to do something, but, you know, sometimes there are limitations a little bit on that. Getting him to do something that he can do, that he's going to enjoy and is really helpful, then I think that's really important. Also, you said something there that I think is really important too, that actually people then will say to him, thank you, Paul, that's brilliant, oh, lovely. And I think the danger is that if if we do it all, um, then we get all of that. And actually, it's important that everyone has the opportunity to receive that thanks doing something, being involved, having purposeful activity. It's an opportunity to receive thanks as well, which I think is really important for us all. It's imp- I know it's important for me, and I think it's unfair to for me to receive all the thanks. Um, so it's great to be able to share out those things, isn't it? Yeah, and that's another part of Christmas, isn't it? It's giving thanks, it's helping it's giving it's coming together so yeah it's that's that's lovely that what does Hector do what's his kind of thing he will serve drinks but that can be that can be difficult if there's lots of people but Anessi and Hector often do it as a a team which is brilliant and again they they'll enjoy doing that together Hector is also brilliant at bringing in all the wood and laying the fires that's really helpful and beautiful. Gosh, yeah. I yeah. bet your place looks fully so Christmassy. I think that on purposeful activity, it is really important to think about where each of our roles are and identifying what and agreeing ahead of time what some of those purposeful activities can be. Good idea, just communicating that so that everybody knows what's going on having a part in the decision making is important yes absolutely not just feeling like it but also agreeing it not just getting told what to do go and bring go and bring in the log sector so julia we are now on to our sixth day of christmas which if they're doing all this purposeful activity there's people around them There's also going to be, and we've already mentioned it a little bit, the fatigue aspect, which so many, you know, that neuro fatigue that so many brain injury survivors suffer from. You've obviously had 15 years of Christmas Day, which is, can be a full on time for everybody. So how do you manage it? How does Hector manage that fatigue during the day? Well, 
do you know what? I think we just manage it so much better than we used to because I think I used to get upset if Hector wasn't always present or present at the important times, you know, we've got to be here for this particular bit. And I think I've just really relaxed about that now because I recognise that if Hector's tired, he needs to have a break. Or if he's overwhelmed, because there's been a lot going on, he needs to have a break and a rest. And if he does that, he's going to come back refreshed. So actually, whenever that is, it's not a set time in our house, but whenever that is, it's okay, go and have a, a rest. But also Hector manages that himself. So often he, knowing that there's going to be a lot of people, will take himself off and have a rest before because he knows that he will need to recharge in order to be able to to converse and talk to people, as, you know, and communicate as best he can, which takes a huge amount of energy. Yeah, it really does. Uh, I think having that awareness is really powerful. And obviously he's lived with his brain injury for quite some years now, and it is learning that awareness of when you're getting tired and what is best to do and, and how to deal with it. I think Paul is gradually starting to to really recognize those signs now himself. So I think if it does get too much or overwhelming, and it shouldn't do because, well, it might, you know, we do have children here coming. <laughs> it probably will. But I think it's just knowing it's okay for him to go and sit somewhere quiet or go upstairs for a bit. And I think that's something that we'll probably discuss and for the rest of the family to understand. And I think our family all know now that if Hector's going to go up for a rest, then he's going up for a rest and that's fine and that's cool, you know, and it's not that sort of feeling that you're letting anyone down because you're not there or, you know, I think if everyone understands that and knows why, I mean, I do think sometimes he sneaks off to watch the football, but still, you know, generally... <laughs> It is because of neuro fatigue. Yeah, that, that sounds familiar about the football. Um, okay, so going on to, we we have discussed this a little bit, but number seven in On A Good Day's 12 Days of Christmas. So Christmas activities. So doing stuff in the lead up to the big Christmas day. You know, it's a wonderful time of the year, but it is also hideously busy and can be quite overwhelming. Um, for somebody with a brain injury. For us, I haven't necessarily booked loads of kind of big, noisy distractions, like something like Winter Wonderland in London, which is really big. It's just a big no-no for us doing something like that now. Um, uh, we also used to travel and go to sort of Christmas markets. And, you know, maybe we could still that, but it, it's, you know, such a busy time of year anyway Kind of fitting that thing in along with something else, I think would would be quite a stretch. In recent years, we've opted for going to the Panto, like doing some of those Christmas activities, but something that's not going to be, you know, he can just sit there and enjoy it rather than having to walk about and there'd be lots of lights and distractions and noise. Is that something that you've taken into consideration? So I do remember we went to Winter Wonderland a few years ago when the children were, were much younger. But what was great when we went there was uh, that we had friends who lived nearby at the time. So there was, a, you know, the end was in sight. But what we normally do before Christmas too, and that, in fact, when 
unable to do it this year, but quite often we will drive up to see friends in Chester and then go over to Manchester for a party and then come back. But it's paced. I can feel a bit of a mad dash sometimes, but actually once we're there, it's calm and lovely. And then the next day we have a bit of time for for visiting and then also uh, go to our wonderful friend Helen's party in Manchester, which is a bit noisier, but we'll we'll leave in good time to again get back and 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 rest at, at our friends that we stay at at Nikki and Steve's, and so it's busy, but it is paced, and I think that strategy of pacing is a really good one that we want to share, isn't it? Yes, that's a really good point. I mean, the whole Christmas parties—it's a really good aspect of Christmas. Always lots of parties and events and get-togethers and you want to join in but yeah totally right with that strategy is pacing it and my and ourselves as well we're carers we're look, you know we're looking after other people you know I've got two really young kids as well and and with work and everything it's it's picking those drinks or parties which maybe aren't too far away that are more local but and just making sure we're keeping ourselves well because if we if we get sick, you know, Christmas Day could be in jeopardy. Talking about fatigue, I mean, I think that's that's also for us as well, isn't it? With with you know, making sure that we and and other people listening who are in the same situation as us don't get overwhelmed and overtired, um, because then everything becomes more difficult for us as well. Yeah, and it's okay to say no to things. So what number one? Number eight, our eighth Cooking. day of Christmas. Of course, we have touched Cooking. on this. But I I find it very mind-boggling just for you cooking for 20 people. I know it's not just you and your own, but cooking for 20 people, just the amount of stuff to get and how do you time it all? So some of the strategies that I would share are the preparation the food prep and also um the planning of what it what it is that you want to cook and and how you know you're going to shop for it and when you're going to do it and and also for that number of people there's a certain element of keeping it simple because you know we love a we love a plated prawn cocktail for starters which is very easy <laughs> You're keeping the 80s vibes going. It's a long tradition. 80s vibes all the way. There's a reason. I might have even been 70s vibes, but there's there's a reason why people have prawn cocktails for starters, because they're very easy to do. Well, you were telling me you have a trifle as well. I just love these old school oh, dishes. Yeah, trifle. Again, you can pre-prep trifle. But I think... <laughs> Whatever people are having for their Christmas dinner, keeping it a little bit simple and not putting all of that stress on yourself for everything to be perfect. And, uh, you know, just just trying to enjoy the preparation as much as, as sitting down for the meal as well, I think, and creating that buzz around people being together in the kitchen. I actually love. Yeah, but it's just keeping on track and actually getting everything in because then you get distracted. And then especially if you've had a glass of fizz as well. It could just all go a bit downhill. Well, yeah, that's why sometimes having other people to help a bit is a good idea <laughs> to do the last finishing touches. 
Yeah, I think you've touched on some really good points there. Definitely prep as much as you can kind of the day before or in the days the lead up, find find what you can prep before. Like with us, I'm obviously getting some people to help out to bring stuff already. And then, yeah, just getting organized right on your list. And again, maybe not doing every single source homemade under the sun. I, I've i already decided that we're probably going to buy our gravy. Well, freezer is also good. Make gravy, freezer defrost oh there we go great tip what else can you freeze that we can everything can freeze not the trifle but most other things well what do you put in the freezer then stuffing peas. <laughs> <laughs> everyone puts peas in the, in the freezer <laughs> i've actually just wrote, boiled some chestnuts which is horrible and frozen those to make some chestnut stuffing oh so you haven't so, made the chestnut stuffing yet no not yet no but i will well, you can. I mean, you can freeze roast potatoes. I mean, I'm not the best at using the freezer, but it can be very, very useful. Okay. Well, there we go. That's a great tip that I'm probably going to use. Thanks for that, Julia. Christmas is all about family. A lot of the time, if you're lucky enough to have, you know, lots of your family is still there with you. Oh, ninth day of Christmas, families, families coming over. Sometimes when you get people together, there can be disagreements sometimes. There can be. Before we go on with this discussion, though, I do want to acknowledge that not everyone has family and not everyone has people over at Christmas. And we know that many people uh, will be spending Christmas on their own. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that or some of Christmas on their own. And that may not be from choice. I feel very lucky and blessed that we have a big family and it does bring to mind the the people that don't have. So I do want to just acknowledge that. Yeah, same. I feel very blessed to have to have my family still with me and it's actually going to be the first Christmas where Paul hasn't had his mum. So I, I think it's it, it's going to be could be quite an emotional one for him actually yes it will be won't it and for the whole family and I think for me that is a strategy when tensions are running high which invariably they do is actually reminding myself of how lucky we are to all be together that whatever those tensions are are they're there because we're together and because we love each other and because we've we've decided to share that time together so using that as a starting point, I always feel helps me to dissipate some of that tension. We're always glad to see each other. We, I don't feel, you know, my family get together, all of us, that often. So it's a great opportunity to all come together. Having them, some, you know, giving them something to do as well, because I know they, you know, want to help out. It's just, you know, get, getting them to feel like they're being part of the day as well, if they want to. And I also think that some of the, you know, some of the challenges for people with brain injury are the same for also for older people in the family to have some quiet time to, you know, having some of the difficulty with noise and lots of noise, especially if there's young children around. So managing that and being aware of that, I think, is is good to to just kind of keep an eye on that a bit to if there is space, create a bit of, of quiet space or time uh, where 
you know, it's not frantic all the time and there is a chance to step out of that or to have quiet time together when everyone's asleep on the sofa, I guess. Then also you want to have our 10th day of Christmas is family games. You're, you you sound like, Julia, you're quite a big family game people. Well, we are and we aren't. Um, my One of my sisters always organises a fabulous game that we just all love where it's sort of like a Pictionary game where she gives us words. We get into teams and she gives us a word and someone in the team has to draw the picture. Then we have to guess it and everyone runs around and it's it's great fun and, and we do all really enjoy that and we play it every year. Um, but also I think what's lovely about it is because it's a team game, it takes the pressure off Hector. You know, can still be there and be part of the team, but without having to, you know, be a person in a board game where it that that might be really difficult with some games. So actually having those games that that are a team where it's, it's not just one person's duty to you know win or play or I think that can great really idea. be a great strategy great idea but stuff like connect four things like that um Jenga um so I think that there are specific games that will lend themselves to uh post brain injury families and people and it's finding out what they are really isn't it and obviously that's going to be linked to what people have enjoyed doing before as well and what interests them Um, and another strategy we talked about Elizabeth was about being time bound and not you know not these games that go on forever I'm not sure Monopoly would really be one that we would choose no you need a definite end Monopoly yeah and what there's always arguments around Monopoly as well just before we move on from games with young children, I do remember our family kids putting on performances. Oh, they're wonderful. Oh, aren't they? They disappear off for hours to make their performance and then they come back and I might get mine to do that. Do their gymnastics or play or <laughs> they love it. Yeah, mine love it. And actually, my brother is a very good pianist. So We'll get him to do, we'll do some carols and do some singing. We all like that sort of thing. And Lovely. Yeah. So I think we're almost at the end. So on a good day's 11th day of Christmas. Now, this was something that I threw up was to get some fresh air, go for a walk, get out the house, because sometimes it can get really overwhelming get out the house, go for a little walk, go to the park, go to the pub, maybe. That's my dad quite likes doing that. Removing yourself from the confines of the house can be really good. And also getting rid of people if you need a bit of space. Yes, fresh air, change of scene, other people in the mix. This all dissipates tension, I think. And get the kids, if you've got young children, for them to have a run around yes. and get off some of that excitement and energy because it is... So exciting Christmas when you're when you're little, isn't it? It's lovely, but it can get quite a lot. It can. And actually, on to our last 12th day of Christmas, which is something that you alluded to just now, is going to the pub. And so we actually thought that alcohol was an important thing to talk about at Christmas. Complicated, 
And especially as we know that many people with brain injury can't drink alcohol because of medication and especially linked to seizures, which is is in our case, but also, you know, how that's managed within a family. It can also be quite difficult in terms of those kind of family tensions if there's lots of alcohol consumed and also some of the difficulties between one person drinking and another not and I'll have a drink this Christmas and Hector isn't and can't drink and I think that's that's hard you know that can be hard for us as well. Really hard because sometimes Christmas can become quite associated with having a drink, being merry and bright. So Paul as well, obviously he's prone to seizures, shouldn't really be drinking too much. And I think that's another realisation he's starting to have is managing that and not being like old Paul, drinking a lot and not thinking about it. He does have to think about it a lot more, pace himself and also choose go for options that aren't heavy on alcohol. So he did mention port the other day and I said, no, I'm not, I don't think I'm even going to get any port in because that is just bad idea. Port and sherry, sorry, it's not going to be at our house this year. Someone might bring it, but I think for him, Guinness or a beer, he might have a little bit of fizz, but I don't think he wants to get too much with wine and things like that because that's you know it's 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 high alcohol content and it can you know really affect his executive functioning contribute to fatigue as well obviously it has further medical implications as well yes so a difficult one um but one to keep an eye on and i think to to talk about what is a good thing with our christmas is most of us will be going home so there'll be two drivers at least maybe three drivers so they won't be drinking much either he won't feel too left out what we also talked about coming now having come to the end of our 12 days of christmas is that through all of those days of christmas we've got a little string of fairy lights running through all of them which is about communication it's something we've talked about a lot in our podcast in different episodes of on a good day in different ways but I think on each of those, we've stressed how important it is that we are mindful of communicating in the best way that we can with our partners, with our families and with ourselves about what we need and what we need as a team um, and as a family to try and have the best Christmas ever. So true, Julia. It's paramount, isn't it? It's everything. And I'm definitely not perfect with it, but finding our way. There's some things that I think I've told Paul, but perhaps haven't. Remember that memories fail, um, especially after brain injury. And as I get older as well, it's good to go over plans and you almost can't repeat things enough, I don't think. You do have to repeat it. So at least mm. Paul usually will take it in the third time. Now I'm getting used to it. It's, you know, just keep repeating it, get him to put it in the diary. And obviously I'll be writing my big Christmas plan. Yeah. That'll be from the fridge. The when we have a fridge, by the way, 
fridge isn't there okay, yeah? no fridge. new fridge well we do but it's, it's not the nice one that's going to fit all the christmas food in <laughs> we'll have to do a brain injury planner well that is that was a plan to do the planner it was maybe we'll do a christmas version as well that's a great idea yeah mm. there we go watch out for on a good day planner when we get some time <laughs> It's all about 2024 and I'm really excited for 2024. 2023 has been just a crazy year and it feels like it's lasted two seconds It's and it's suddenly Christmas again. But there's so many things I've learned actually along the way, which we've discussed in most of our, along the way, most of our podcasts. But I think 2024 is always good to reflect and look at um things that you can switch up or change or build upon and communication is definitely one which i will be building upon even more for me 2023 has been so exciting to to finish our first season of on a good day and start our second so i definitely am looking forward to more conversations with you elizabeth over time over next year and as we look forward into the new year we'll be coming back with lots more episodes of on a good day and lots more challenging and interesting conversations and some amazing guests as well who just learn so much from all those specialist guests that we have but also people's stories that is on a good day's 12 days of christmas thank you so much for joining us don't forget to follow us on instagram on a good dot day and twitter on a good underscore day you can always also find us on our facebook group for now have a very very merry christmas and we will see you well, actually, we won't see in 2024. We've got another episode coming out at the end of the year. So make sure you listen out for that. Merry Christmas, everyone. And thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you again in two weeks time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.